Hamas uses human shields. It's a piece of uh, Israeli Hasbara, often used to explain away Israel's unusually high uh, civilian death tolls. The contemporary accusations of Hamas using human shields, uh, it's likely recycled and residual propaganda uh, employed by Israel during 2008's Operation Cast Lead, as well as a statement that was made by a Hamas official, uh, Fatih Hamad, that referenced using women and children as human shields against Zionist bombs. However, the translation between Arabic, Hebrew, and English uh, makes it very hard to discern metaphorical from literal. Additionally, the comments were taken into account by a 2009 fact-finding mission, which found that it does not consider it to constitute evidence that Hamas forced Palestinian civilians to shield military objectives against attack. So the current Israeli narrative about Hamas human shield use stems from a decade of old propaganda points and a remark by one Hamas official. However, we will begin this piece by exploring whether or not these accusations were merited when they were made in 2009. And it's important to note uh, that there exists an often overlooked distinction between Hamas combatants and Hamas members. Uh, in mainstream discourse, the term Hamas has been used to refer exclusively to the organization's armed wing, the Al-Qassam Brigades. Uh, but for the sake of clarity, we will refer to the brigades and their actions as Hamas in this piece. The use of human shields is a war crime and is defined by the International Criminal Court as utilizing the presence of a civilian or other protected person to render certain points, areas, or military forces immune from military operations. It is predicated on the idea that the other belligerent holds some sanctity and respect for the lives of civilians and that the user of said human shields can exploit the enemy's unwillingness to kill civilians. Hold on to that thought. It will be crucial later. Now, obviously, the use of civilian human shields is condemnable. Whether those shields are Israeli or Palestinian, no civilian should be forced to provide tactical cover for any armed group. In fact, it is also a war crime to use captured or disarmed militants as human shields. In this year of 2024, amidst the latest uptick in Israeli violence inflicted on Gaza, we have seen an unprecedented civilian death toll, with the casualty numbers totaling over 25,000 at time of recording. And that is according to the Gaza Health Ministry, and the UN has further confirmed uh, that 70% of those casualties are women and children non-combatants, with a further estimated 7,000 still trapped under the rubble and unaccounted for. Accompanying the release of those numbers also comes Israel's propaganda response, which so far has been due play to its most reliable piece of Hasbara explaining that Hamas uses human shields, a narrative that has been unquestioningly accepted by Israel's Western allies, most prominently the United States. According to pro-Israel voices, this alleged practice by Hamas transfers responsibility for civilian deaths from Israel onto Hamas. Now, Israel's Hamas uses human shields accusation is broad and it remains relatively undefined in the practical sense, but it can be broken up into more precise sub-accusations uh, that together build the foundation of the greater accusation. Uh, sourced from statements made by Israeli state and army spokespeople, uh, the most common precise references or sub-accusations are as follows. 
Hamas carries out military operations from civilian infrastructure. Hamas forces civilians to remain in war zones or prevents civilian evacuation. And Hamas embeds itself in the civilian population. We're going to go through each of these sub-accusations and determine if they have any merit, or if they're a distortion of the facts on the ground. What we are going to explore here today is does this narrative hold any truth outside the minds of Israel's propagandists and the Western governments and media that unscrutinously perpetuate it? Using an aggregation of sources uh, from independent international human rights investigative bodies, uh, as well as Israeli human rights investigative organizations, we're going to weigh the evidence and the arguments uh, determine if, if the Israeli narrative about Hamas's human shield use is valid. Additionally, if human shields are being used in the Israel-Palestine conflict, we're going to determine which party is the perpetrator. Now, I will not be using claims or evidence sourced from any Israeli state bodies, uh, such as the IDF, Shin Bet, or Israeli state media due to obvious questions concerning legitimacy and considering Israel's documented track record of misinformation and false claims. To demonstrate an analytical balance, I will also be excluding claims and evidence that come from Palestinian armed groups such as Hamas, Islamic Jihad, as well as the Palestinian Authority. Evidence and testimonials cited in this piece uh, will come from, as previously stated, independent established human rights groups uh, that regularly investigate war crimes and crimes against humanity that occur in conflict zones. These sources here are free from conflicts of interest, and they hold no dog in the fight on either side. Since 2002, uh, the Israeli state has employed an officially unaffiliated or proxy propaganda body uh, known as the Mir Amit Intelligence and Terrorism Information Center, often abbreviated as ITIC. The organization's mandate is to report about the use of human shields by Hezbollah and Hamas during conflicts, end quote. Uh, while the ITIC presents itself as an independent research group, it's widely understood to operate as a propaganda apparatus for Israeli state interests. ITIC's head, uh, Ruven Arnlich, is a former IDF soldier and has frequently spoken about how the group heavily recruits from the ranks of Israel's military and intelligence community. The ITIC receives funding in part from the Israeli government, as well as funding from the American Jewish Congress, a Zionist advocacy group. Multiple members of Shin Bet and Mossad are on record describing the relationship between the Israeli government and the ITIC as symbiotic. Since at least 2002, the Israeli state has committed resources toward propelling the narrative about Hamas using human shields. The human shield accusation gained traction in Israeli state propaganda and subsequently factual acceptance uh, in mainstream discourse following the 2008-2009 Gaza War or also known as Operation Cast Lead. Cast Lead uh, was just one more instance of Israel's policy for Gaza known as mowing the grass. Uh, Operation Cast Lead began on the 27th of December 2008 uh, with Israeli airstrikes from fighter jets and attack helicopters. And it concluded on the 21st of January 2009 with the completion of the IDF withdrawal from Gaza. For Israel, Operation Castlet is considered to be a military victory 
but a loss with regard to the country's international reputation. This was, of course, spurred by the Palestinian death toll of 1,417 dead, including 926 civilians, 255 police officers, and just 236 fighters. Which translates to over half of the Palestinians killed by Israel in Kastled being civilians. Those numbers are the consensus of Betzalem, the United Nations, and the Palestinian Center for Human Rights. Rightfully following the global realization of those casualties, Israel faced pariah status and a quickly crumbling reputation on the world stage. In an effort uh, to explain away the civilian death toll from Kastled, uh, the Human Shield narrative, the seeds of which were planted during the fighting by state propaganda, began to grow. In September 29, 2009, a UN fact-finding mission into Kastled, dubbed the Goldstone Report, accused Israel of a plethora of war crimes in its 26-day military offensive, including deliberately targeting civilians. The next month, then-Israeli President Shimon Peres defended Israeli actions by accusing Hamas of using Palestinian civilians as human shields. Perez defended Israel's use of white phosphorus, as well as attacks on civilian infrastructure, by claiming that the IDF made 250,000 phone calls, telling people to leave their houses, but they were ultimately unable to because Hamas forced them to stay. The same month, uh, Harvard law professor Alan Dershowitz defended Israel's civilian death count, stating, the ratio was the best ratio of any country in the world that is fighting asymmetrical warfare against terrorists who hide behind civilians. And of course, that's a very serious claim. Uh, Perez and Dershowitz were not the first to make this accusation, as Israeli media and propaganda arms like the ITIC had alleged this during the war while the civilian casualties exponentially grew. Naturally, it was a feature of the Goldstone Report which reported in Section E, and I quote, The mission did not find any evidence of civilians being forced to remain in their homes by Palestinian armed groups. The report then goes on to further dispute Israeli claims that Hamas intentionally embedded itself in the civilian population. Palestinian armed groups also mixed with the civilian population, although this would be difficult to avoid in the small and overcrowded Gaza Strip, and there is no evidence that they did so with the intent of shielding themselves. End quote. Which is an accurate uh, assessment, as Gaza, as we know, is one of the most densely populated places on the planet. 2.2 uh, million people live in that area. It measures 365 square kilometers. The Goldstone Report ended Section F, uh, stating, Finally, on this issue, it is relevant to mention that the Israeli government has produced no visual or other evidence to support its allegation that Palestinian combatants mingle routinely with civilians in order to cover their movements. In the Goldstone Report, uh, the closest evidence to Hamas human shield use was the findings that Palestinian armed groups do not appear to have any have given Gaza residents a sufficient warning of their intention to launch rockets from their neighborhoods to allow them to leave and protect themselves against Israeli strikes at the rocket-launching sites. The report did also note that the densely populated urban makeup of Gaza uh, contributed to the close proximities of militant sites and civilian neighborhoods. 
To claim this finding as objective proof of human shield use uh, is a stretch at best and a falsehood at worst. And it certainly does not explain away a civilian death toll of 926 civilians to just 236 fighters. However, the UN fact-finding mission's findings effectively neutered Israel's narrative about Hamas human shield use. Israel promptly rejected the Goldstone report, uh, claiming that Goldstone perverts international law to serve a political agenda. And uh, later in July of that year, uh, there was a second investigation that was conducted by Amnesty International into alleged war crimes during Castled. Uh, Amnesty's investigation concurred with the initial findings of the, goal of the Goldstone Report on the question of Hamas using human shields, writing, and I quote, Amnesty International, for its part, uh, did not find evidence that Hamas or other Palestinian groups violated the laws of war to the extent repeatedly alleged by Israel. In particular, it found no evidence that Hamas or other fighters directed the movement of civilians to shield military objectives from attacks. By contrast, Amnesty International did find that Israeli forces on several occasions during Operation Castled forced Palestinians to serve as human shields. Despite two separate independent investigations that found the Israeli accusation of Hamas human shielding meritless and fabricated, Israel was not deterred from using the human shield propaganda in future conflicts. And jumping forward to 2014, uh, Operation Protective Edge killed 2,310 Palestinians, of which 1,617 were verified as civilians, rendering the percentage of those killed as 70% civilians. Again, in the 2014 Gaza War, also known as Operation Protective Edge, Hamas was accused of using human shields. This time, there was reliable evidence that Hamas had used civilian infrastructure to launch attacks, However, most media outlets and organizations outside of Israel rejected the notion that this was sufficient to make the broader accusation of human shielding. The Israeli foreign ministry claimed Hamas was encouraging civilians to gather on roofs to prevent operatives and their houses from being attacked by the Israeli Air Force. Reviews of this accusation and evidence published by Israel were conducted by the BBC, The Guardian, and The Independent all of which dismissed the accusation as myths. Additionally, Amnesty International dismissed the claims as they were unable to verify evidence of human shielding. They reaffirmed as well that even if Hamas was using human shields, the IDF would still have a responsibility to protect civilians. If any civilians are being used as human shields, they still maintain the protections afforded to civilians. It doesn't mean that they're fair game to be killed along with militants, as Israel would have you believe. May of 2021, uh, Israel's Operation Guardians of the Walls was less deadly for Palestinians, uh, but still deadly nonetheless, claiming the lives of 256 Palestinians in Gaza, of which 128 were civilians, marking civilian death percentage at 50%. In May of that year, the Meramit Intelligence and Terrorism Information Center, or ITIC, a research group uh, that we know is closely tied with the Israeli army, released the following statement in another attempt to accuse Palestinian resistance fighters of using human shields. For years, Hamas and other terrorist organizations in the Gaza Strip have been using the local population as human shields and using civilian facilities for their military terrorist purposes, 
Uh, these claims have not been independently verified, and they only build upon the assertion that the accusation of human shield use by Hamas originates exclusively from the Israeli state and Israeli state proxies. For obvious reasons concerning the Israeli army's long history of falsehoods, rejection of independently conducted investigations, and the Israeli state's impediment of human rights investigations, the word of the Israeli state alone cannot possibly convict Hamas of human shield use in the absence of concurring independent findings. Operation Swords of Iron is the code name given to Israel's 2023 military operation against Gaza following the October 7th attacks and is still ongoing. Amidst a rising civilian death toll and a charge of genocide levied by South Africa in the International Court of Justice, Israel has again accused Hamas of using human shields. The ITIC released this statement. Hamas's use of civilians and civilian facilities have been more widely exposed and more clearly brought into focus by Operation Iron Swords, uh, which began in Gaza on October 7, 2023, following the barbaric terrorist invasion and massacres carried out by Hamas and other terrorist organizations in the Israeli cities, towns, and villages near the border, end quote. Of course, with the conflict still ongoing, and Israel's tight restriction of human rights investigators and journalists entering Gaza, the claims have yet to be disproven or verified. From cast lead to protective edge to guardian of the walls to swords of iron, a pattern is emerging pertaining to how Israeli state propaganda operates and handles accusations of civilian targeting. The human shield accusation has become a catch-all rebuttal to all and any criticisms of Israeli violence against civilians, including the deliberate targeting collateral damage, fatalities, and demonization, despite consistent and overwhelming debunking across multiple military campaigns, the Israeli Hasbara machine remains dedicated to perpetuating the myth that Hamas uses human shields and is therefore responsible for any civilians killed by Israel. The burning question here is why? Why does Israel still cling to a narrative that is so transparently false, a narrative that is not accepted by a majority of the world's governments and no one in the international rights community. The right governments accept it. That's the answer. Israel has adopted the American strategy uh, for foreign diplomacy and international relations, which essentially boils down to my way or the highway. However, it makes sense. The United States and Israel are, as Noam Chomsky would say, the world's two rogue states, meaning that they hold no respect uh, for global consensus or the authority of the United Nations for that matter. Just as the U.S. has over the world, Israel desires over the Levant region, unquestioned hegemony via militaristic supremacy. The key point here is that it's no secret that Israel's closest and most important allies are in the Western world namely the United States, that fulfills two major roles in the maintenance of Israel's occupation of Palestine. Unconditional military aid to the tune of $3.8 billion every year, except for 2023, actually, uh, which saw President Biden send an additional 14 
$1.5 billion in military aid to Israel. And diplomatic cover. The U.S. has regularly used its veto at the U.N. Security Council to protect Israel from accountability. Most recently on December 8th, the U.S. vetoed a ceasefire resolution. Since 1972, the U.S. has vetoed 53 U.N. resolutions that were considered critical of Israel. For reference, the U.S. has used its veto just 82 times in total, meaning that 64% of the U.S.'s total vetoes at the Security Council have been in the interest of protecting Israel. When your closest ally is the most powerful country in the world, the last global superpower, you need no other friends and you care about no other opinions. And that is precisely why Israel continues to use the human shield narrative despite its rejection by the human rights community and most of the world. The U.S. accepts it, and that is all that matters. And that in and of itself is a huge problem. When you have the backing of the world's most powerful state, there is no incentive to make peace with your neighbors. You become the beneficiary of endless conflict, and those around you suffer, whether it is Gaza, the West Bank, southern Lebanon, or Syria. And that, but that dynamic demands an episode of its own. In 2014, during Operation Protective Edge, uh, CNN ran an article with the headline, Is Hamas Using Human Shields? And only answered within the article that it was uncertain. While no body of evidence existed at the time to verify or dispute the accusation, in contrast to what we know, that the BBC, a British news broadcaster, dismissed the accusations outright, and of course following Protective Edge investigations, concluded that human shielding by Hamas did not occur. In a deviation from journalistic integrity, CNN was willing to give air to what they must have known uh, was a very inflammatory and weaponized accusation without verification. And that is just one example of the American media's permissiveness toward Israeli propaganda being presented, even phrases a question, despite outright rejection from other media contemporaries. This one in particular is a very dangerous piece of propaganda to disseminate, as it is employed uh, to excuse the wide-scale targeting and killing of civilians, essentially stripping every Palestinian man, woman, and child of their civilian protection in the eyes of the Western populace, whose tax dollars are so essential to continuing Israeli military offensives. Of course, uh, with the latest narrative, uh, following October 7th, it remained wholeheartedly accepted in the West. On October 16th, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau tweeted his condemnation of Hamas, noting, quote, the atrocities, the atrocious use of Palestinian civilians as human shields. As a Canadian, uh, I am thoroughly disgusted with Justin Trudeau, that he would repeat an unsubstantiated claim that feeds into the narrative that Palestinian deaths are justified. Six days earlier, Joe Biden tweeted, Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's equal right to dignity and self-determination. They use Palestinian civilians as human shields and offer nothing but terror and bloodshed with no regard for who pays the price, end quote. Well, Joe Biden, uh, apparently neither do you, considering 
that the United States last year uh, actually voted against the Palestinian people's right to self-determination in a UN draft resolution. And this is, this is a trend of Biden parroting Israeli propaganda, taking it at face value. Famously, Biden claimed that he saw photos of beheaded babies, furthering the Israeli report that Hamas had beheaded 40 babies on October 7th, which the White House then had to clarify that Biden had misspoken and had actually not been shown any proof because, well, it wasn't true. Beheading 40 babies is a disgusting and irrational act of brutality. The key word here is irrational, because there is really no reason to do that. So I was not surprised to find out that that claim was pure falsehood. Nevertheless, the Biden administration has yet to issue any kind of retraction or, more importantly, an apology uh, after being exposed for lying to the American people on behalf of Israel. In the Western world, those in power accept the Israeli narrative as fact, even in the face of independent investigations claiming otherwise, because this is convenient and the Western world is complicit. Canada and the U.S. arm Israel to the teeth every year. Any excuse for their weapons being used to kill civilians, however preposterous, uh, is surely welcomed. In a shift over to a logical argument, uh, we're going to look at why Hamas does not even bother using human shields. Earlier in this piece, uh, we talked about how human shields work when they are predicated on the idea that the other belligerent holds some sanctity and respect uh, for the lives of any civilians, and that the user of said human shields can exploit the enemy's unwillingness to kill civilians. I cannot speak to the psychology of Hamas, but I can say that, hypothetically, human shield use would benefit Hamas very little. And it is for a reason that is actually quite simple. Israel has never demonstrated, and continues not to demonstrate, an unwillingness to kill civilians. In this conflict alone, Israel has bombed these zones that it has designated as safe for Gaza civilians, it has destroyed 85% of Gaza's civilian infrastructure, displaced 1.9 million. Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said, We are fighting human animals. You probably all remember that quote. And Israeli President Isaac Herzog said that it is an entire nation out there that is responsible, pretty much implying that there are no innocents. Netanyahu invoked the biblical reference of Amalek, which is a call for genocide. Amalek reads, by killing man, woman, infant, and suckling. That is a direct quote from the Bible verse that Netanyahu used to talk about their offensive against Palestinians. I could go on, but I think I've made the point that the Israeli government, when it comes to killing civilians, has both the action and the intent, the mens rea and the actus rea. There is no suffering, no limit to the violence that Israel is willing to inflict on the people of Gaza, civilian or militant. There is no line for the IDF, and a human shield, to be effective, there has to be a line. And ask yourselves, even if human shielding was happening, can that possibly 
explain away over 20,000 dead civilians? Is that the exclusive factor behind their deaths? On the question of if Hamas is using human shields in individual cases, impossible to say. Innocent until proven guilty, I guess, and certainly not redeeming of the murder of 20,000 civilians. On a systemic level, that accusation has been debunked multiple times by multiple independent investigations across multiple conflicts. So please, stop believing uh, the Israeli propaganda at face value, and do not let the Western media or leaders uh, perpetuate it for their own self-interests. We need to hold Israel accountable for its crimes. And I want all of you to leave this episode considering this question. Hypothetically, let's say that Hamas is using human shields. As a regular practice on a systemic level, it's an institutional thing that they use Palestinians as human shields. Hypothetically, let's say that. Can that possibly explain away the numbers that we are seeing? Can that absolve Israel of 20,000 civilians dead in this conflict alone? Rates as high as 70% in past conflicts? In the next episode, we are going to examine the body of evidence that exists indicating the IDF's use of human shields. Until then, thank you for listening. Free Palestine. Have a good day.